0: I'm Liz Recchia, Government Affairs Director of the West Valley, Pinal, and Douglas chapters of the We Serve Association of Realtors. This is another city update I hope you'll find very interesting. On April 16th, I was able to have a short conversation over Zoom with Mayor Christian Price of Maricopa. He gave us a short update on the city, economic development, city services, and resources.
1: So I am with Mayor Price from the city of Maricopa. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. I appreciate your time and appreciate the update for the city of Maricopa. Let's start out by having us a quick overview of your city during this business shutdown time. How are people accessing city services and how's the city overall doing?
2: Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a crazy time we live in right now, obviously, and and uh, it's it's, it's hard to talk about because we, we've never seen anything quite like it. Um, but the reality is, is it gives us an opportunity, especially as a young city, uh, to be nimble and to be, uh, something that is not done in other places. And so, let me give you some examples. Uh, when, when this shutdown started happening, uh, one of the things we started doing is trying to find creative ways by which we could still offer services to our our, our citizens and residents, but not do it in the traditional way. So, we came up with ways to do uh, drive-through concierge, for example, where you could drive up to City Hall. There were signs posted. It was like driving up to a Sonic Drive-In, you know, and and our you could call the number and, and our, our, our staff would come out and give you papers if you needed a passport application or take your stuff. Uh, and so it was really kind of neat because it was just gave people a chance to stay in their cars. It minimized risk to staff. And so it was just really creative. And then with our library, we did something similar. We, we had a way in which you could, uh, you know, get on the app and, and actually, uh, you know, check out videos and books or whatever the case might be. And then you'd pull up and our, our staff would bring it out to you and you didn't have to get out of your car. Uh, I think that uh, people really liked it so much they may never go into the library again. Uh, well, but, it's uh, very convenient. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it was it was kind of a neat thing. And then when we got the stay at home order, obviously things had to change a little bit more. And so we've really tried to evolve and roll with it. But at the same time, we've kind of prepared for this. Um, in some respects, we have been working towards this by having a lot of our, if you're a developer and you need to do applications and you need to do permitting and all these types of things, we've been doing this online now for some time. And so, you know, you can sit in your PJs on a Sunday afternoon from the comfort of your own home, no matter where it is, and you can, you know, do your city of Maricopa permitting process. Uh, it's all online. It's all trackable, traceable. And, and that's something that's really good for both the developer as well as for uh, our city permit technicians, because now it's not a, there's not a lot of he said, she said it's it's we know when it happened we know what what was faulting or lacking uh we know whose fault it was because it's all trackable and traceable and that's really important to us so you know i hate to say it but we're doing pretty darn good considering you know all things that are that are going on and uh you know we've and i think we'll talk about it here just a minute we still have a ton of stuff happening in the city and so i'm excited to talk about it
1: yeah and so when it comes to your your residents accessing city services of any kind utilities or other it sounds like it's really simple, really easy, a well-established online portal.
2: Absolutely. And that's and that's and that's very much what we're trying to be. We're trying to be, you know, how do you make this more convenient for people to do what, you know, we all expect nowadays. We all have a phone in our hands and we all want an app for it and we just want to make it easier. So, you know, we're, we're not perfect. We still have ways to go on some things, but we're always trying to look for ways to be more convenient.
1: Great. Well, now, let me ask you, when it comes to your businesses, particularly your restaurants, we sit in a lot of restaurants, but some of your other businesses are, are still in business as well. Restaurants aren't the only essential service. Have you relaxed any of your zoning codes or sign ordinances to allow them to have flexibility in getting their customers to them?
2: So, yeah, yes and no. I mean, one of the things you have to be very careful, as you know, in the state of Arizona, um, well, and, and frankly, in, in all states across the country, uh, there was recently a Supreme Court decision that, that was, um, the city of Gilbert in Arizona, uh, basically against the, the state. And and basically what happened was is the Supreme Court said, look, if, if you, the city, are going to regulate signs, then you have to regulate all signs in the same fashion. You can't pick and choose. And so, you know, from, our, from a legal standpoint, we have to be very, very careful in how we do that. Because if you allow something, then you have to allow everything. And that sounds okay until you start thinking about the ways in which people could really do things that are, you know, maybe not so uh, politically correct in, in today. I mean, if somebody wants to advertise the KKK, or, or the or the, the local Nazi rally or something like that, you know, that's really not going to go over well by most citizens. But, hey, if you're not regulating signs, then they're allowed to do it. So, you have to be careful. So, what we've done is, you know, I'm giving you a, on the down low and you didn't hear this from me, but, but uh, the, the reality is we've really just tried to take a more uh, – from, a, from an enforcement standpoint, we've simply said, look, we're going to avert our eyes for the next 60 days and we're simply going to say, look, if, if you have a sign out there and it's not impeding public safety, not impeding traffic, then then we're going to, we're just going to kind of avert our eyes and, and help you because we understand, we know what people are going through, we know what businesses are going through, we certainly want to help. We just can't legally come out and say, hey, we're not going to do this. Otherwise, guess what? Then something comes up that, that that's a problem and, and then we, we're all on the hook. So, again, it's just something we're trying to find that balance with with legal at, at the same time really trying to to help our businesses because we know what they're going through.
1: So let me ask you when it comes to your your basic fire and police have they been impacted your basic other core services of the city have any of that been impacted by this?
2: You know that's a great question. Uh, really, they haven't been. It doesn't mean that that they're not impacted in the fact that they they talk to people. They you know they're at risk of getting sick, and and so we've had uh, a couple folks get sick. Or at least they think they were sick, and so yeah, go through the testing and you put them on leave and all those types of things. But you know the other thing that we've really tried to do is we've stepped up making sure they have the personal uh, protective equipment that they need. Um, and so really, we've had quite the. Uh, uh, Quite the, uh, the, 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 the morale from our police and fire that they've been very excited um, in, in many aspects to keep doing the job. Uh, we asked them a, a lot to, you know, we asked them to do a lot, but at the same time, we asked them, hey, if you need to step away or there's something that, that, that you need to back off from, then then you let us know and we'll be happy to accommodate that. But, you know, they've all really stepped up and they're happy to help. So
1: with, let's, let's be perspective here. You, we know that your TPT revenue is going to be down. That's your sales tax for those of you who aren't familiar with TPT, transaction privilege tax. That sales tax is going to be down. We know that there are some homeowners, some property owners, commercial and residential, who won't be able to pay their property taxes. How does that, those those are two big revenue sources for your city. How does that impact your your city finances? And what do you see the impact, not just immediately in the next few months, but also a year from now, even three years from now?
2: You know, that's a really good question. Um, you know, the, the truth of it is, is nobody truly knows, right? Uh, however, I will say this, City of Maricopa is in a unique position, unlike a lot of other locations. And let me, I'm a financial advisor by trade. And so I have a little bit of insight into this. But, you know, I, I dealt very Sadly, with the, the the financial downturn that was dealing with homes and uh, obviously real estate agents, and you know that really wasn't across the board shock. Um, this is a shock that while we've shut down the country, and so people are simply out of work. There's also a side of it that says they're just kind of waiting to ramp back up, right? There's not that underlying fundamental problem that existed with the housing crisis, right? When when banks were in, or, or were problematic, and and lending was problematic, and and monetary capital was problematic. Those things don't exist today. What exists today is that you just simply can't go to work. And if you can't go to work, then you can't earn a living. So, you know, to your question, it's true that all of us are going to suffer some sort of, uh, you know, sales tax decline. We're going to suffer some sort of property tax decline. I will say this, though, that the city of Maricopa is was founded only, you know, 16 years ago. And as such, it really has a, a heavy reliance on, on property tax. And whereas that really bit us in the rear end when, when we went through the financial crisis, because people were abandoning their homes. and And, and yet I understand that here, it's a little bit different in the fact that it's true people are going to have a difficult time paying their property tax but they're also having to pay their mortgage and other things that they want to keep right and so they're going to have to analyze their budget and say maybe i cut back on netflix maybe i cut back on going to starbucks you know and all these other things that that i think will continue to see a a we're going to see a dip but i don't think it's going to be a huge uh uh you know, punch to the gut when it comes to the property tax. I think you're going to see it on the sales tax. But again, because sales tax in the city of Maricopa is a smaller portion of our revenue, I don't think that we're going to be overly hurt as bad as some cities that are completely relying on the sales tax. And so, you know, again, I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. I think that I think that balance is important in all things. I know that I have been working very diligently since I've been mayor to make sure that we increase the, the retail sales tax, you know, not sales tax, but but the overall retail sales and so therefore that the amount of revenue that comes into the city is greater, therefore we were able to lower the property tax. And I'd love to see that we're at about a 50/50. but we're just not there yet. And so in this time of crisis, I think it's actually going to balance out really well for us.
1: Well, that's good news because that means that although there may be a little bumpy road, it'll be just that a bumpy road. That's correct. So with that, let's talk about your commer- your commercial developments. You have some that were in process, some that were just finishing, some that were still on the drawing board. Are you seeing any delays? Do you anticipate any delays? Are things just on track and going great guns?
2: You know, again, I, I'm always cautious. I always uh, add a little bit of a, a caution to anything. But but I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. And and again, I you know you always have to remember that there's a that there's a, a lag time in things, right? So we know that we're on the front end of this shock, so to speak, and we know that that you know, two months, three months, a quarter, even a half a year out, there might be some shock to the system. And, and we're certainly going to see that when the numbers are reported, you know, for the second quarter. So, you know, it, it is coming our first quarter. And, and so, it is coming. But but at the same time, again, if people are able to go back to the work in the summer, uh, and, and people are able to start, you know, revamping things, and as long as we don't see a secondary breakout of, of this uh, of this virus, then I think that what we're going to ultimately see is that we're going to continue to see that these projects that have taken so many years to get, out of the ground. They want to come to fruition. They want to get out of the ground. They want to turn dirt. They want to, you know, they want to come to completion so that they can reevaluate their own scenarios and situations as a developer and say, do we hold our cash now or do we go see that this is a great time to buy and put back into the marketplace? And so, I think that, again, this is different than the 2008 crisis because there's not those underlying fundamental problems. And so, while there's fear of people not having a job, there's also the frustration of saying, I want to get back to work. I want to hit this thing full speed full bore. Give me that opportunity and here we go. And so, when you talk about Maricopa, my gosh, things that we've been working on for so long, they are exploding. And and so, again, I'm cautious about the future. I understand that banks may pull back a little bit or get hesitant, but you also have this massive stimulus bill that's coming to the banks and coming to the average person. And so, you've got trillions of dollars that are going to flood the economy for the purpose of keeping it going. So, when I see this, I know, let me tell you some stats here. We had 67 single family homes in March permits new permits we had we have 72 in April thus far right so we're ahead of last month and we're you know full bore into this into this crisis by a month that's not slowing down and so, you have to kind of look at that and go, well, what does that mean? Well, let me tell you what that means. I'm looking at a project called Stonegate that's going in by Walmart. It was anticipated to be a big, large, big box store. Well, the market is changing, right? We all know that. Amazon's changing the marketplace. And so, Stonegate is a, is a whole new scenario of smaller mini big box or mini box stores uh, that's going to have a much more, you know, fluid downtown type area feel to it where people can walk amongst it, walk amongst the shops, things like that, eat outside, whatever. Um, we have an entire place at Edison Point that has been coming out of the ground. I had a little piece of it stalled due to developers changing hands. That's now coming out of the ground. They're going to do the same thing. Uh, so, you're seeing a change in, in not only existing space but that space that it was originally platted for a given philosophy is changing as the market is changing and it's doing so very quickly by which it, they want to come out of the ground with it because it's something popular. Uh, we have a fire administration building that's almost beat uh, uh, up and, and we'll, is complete. That's going to that's gonna open up this year. We have a new 27,000 square foot uh, library that's currently under construction. That's huge for us. It changes everything. We have a Pinal County courthouse complex that was announced earlier this year. That's currently under construction. And, and you know, you got to remember some of these things are not going to stop. They are moving full bore. They're not going to stop. And so, you know, what comes from that is wow, look at this, they're moving, they're shaking, they got stuff going on. And so, it encourages people to, to take that and it's that first domino that falls and what comes next. Uh, we have phase one of the Copper Sky area. If you know Copper Sky, our regional sports complex, remember we put in a, a, an overpass, a 55 million dollar overpass with ADOT and that has exploded the southern portion of my city. Uh, everybody wants to be on the southern portion now because there's land, there's opportunity, uh, and there's all kinds of great amenities there. And so, with that, you have a three-phase commercial component on about 25 acres and phase one, which is going to include senior living component, it'll have retail, it'll have multi-floors. So, retail on the bottom, you know, senior living on the the tops and and even office in the middle, that kind of thing. That's underway. They're hoping to pull that phase out. They're trying to have all three of those phases done in the next three years as per contract. So, these things are happening and again, you know, they're they're fully financed. So, you know, I don't anticipate these things stopping. Uh, We have smaller home projects called a bungalow homes that have been approved and are underway near our sports complex. Uh, On the other side of that, uh, we also have more residential homes that are, you know, hundreds of them that are slated and ready to come out of the ground. And with the new housing permits I just talked about, Man, those things are ready to go. We have new charter schools under construction. Uh, we even have Maricopa's very first apartment complexes being built near our schools and our community colleges. So this is something we've never had before as a city. So it's this diversification of housing that is as, is as important as you see the new single-family homes being built because it's creating that cycle of life that we've never had in the city before. Right? If you didn't fit into a single-family home, you just had to move. Right? And so you moved here if you if you needed it, and you moved out if you didn't need it anymore. And, and that's just really not a reality for life. And so these things are changing here. And then I have to say that one of the other side that's really interesting is that we've had zero drops in building inspections. Well, if a, if you suffer a drop in building inspections, that's showing you that people are pulling back and that's just not happening here. So, you know, again, I'm optimistically cautious about the next three months, but let's be real. This stuff is going gonna, gonna to plow through, it's going to carry through, and I think people are going to see it, they're going to feel it, and they're going to want to be a part of it.
1: But it sounds like the jobs you have are good, solid jobs, enduring jobs. You have, it sounds like you have a wide range, but that living, range, living styles, you also have a wide range, an arc of jobs available. So if someone is, is in Maricopa or the surrounding areas, it's realistic for them to think, if I lose my job today, there's probably another job not very far away from me I can, I can go apply for and get.
2: Absolutely. You know, again, uh, you know, what I said earlier, just to be consistent and honest, is that, you know, Maricopa, from a job market does not have a lot of aerospace or semiconductor or anything like that. We were only built as a city in the last 16 years. So, it's coming, right? It's not there yet. Um, but but that's not to say we're, we're 15 miles southwest of Chandler, right? So, we are in the Phoenix metro area. So, absolutely, you know, when a job that that if someone loses it in one thing and people reevaluate, um, you know, that's something that happened in the financial crisis. A lot of people went back to law school and suddenly there was lots of underemployed lawyers, That you know, about four years later because was and went back to law school and or, or med school or whatever the case might be and so you know this is a wonderful time for people to reevaluate what they want to do go back get an education if that's what they want but there are in the surrounding phoenix metro area where there's literally millions of jobs in all different types of things there's always something for somebody it's just a matter of deciding that hey this is what i want to do and and enjoy doing it
1: there's great opportunity
2: that's true absolutely
1: So before we end, I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell us if your city has an information page on their website that residents and businesses can access or anything else that you want residents and businesses to know about the city and where to go to information or opportunities that you have.
2: Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that is the least reported about the city of Maricopa is that is how incredibly business friendly we are. And, and let me explain by, you know, we're really trying to put our money where our mouth is, right? And, and what I mean by that is that we are probably, there are only two cities in Arizona that I know of, um, us being one of them, that does not have a business license. Now, if you're a certain type of business, you have to, by state law, have licenses, right? Um, but but if you're just every other business out there, you don't need that. And we have what's called a business registry, which is simply, you go onto our website, you say, I'm such and such a business, I'm doing business here, um, you know, you're cleared if you're not one of those, you know, if you're not a sex business or a tobacco business or, you know, those types of businesses that have to register. Other than that, you're given an immediate business printout that day. You can take with you. It doesn't cost you a dime and and you're ready to go. You're ready to do business in the city of Maricopa. You know, from a council perspective, from a a city perspective, we are incredibly business friendly. We want more businesses here. And like I was saying earlier, is that because we don't have semiconductors and because we don't have, you know, all these other aerospace and things that are these high-paying, you know, super- um, uh, you know, jobs that everybody, you know, in Intel, for example, we don't have that yet, but we will. And and we're attracting that because we are being business friendly. And we are saying, hey, there is the land, there's the opportunity. We, we are going to make your, your time going through our development services as easy as possible. And that's one of the things I think that's really important is that every city has a set of standards by which we have to live by. When we pull something out of the ground, when we when we build something, right, we have to help pay for roads and all these types of things. You know, we're about middle of the road when it comes to impact fees. We're not on the high side, we're not on the low side, we're right in the middle. Uh, I think that's fair. It's fair to the community, it's fair to the citizen, it's also fair to the business. But the other side of it is, you know, one of the things that drives me nuts is that so many businesses come in, small business, medium-sized, large, they come in and say, hey, I want to pull this building out of the ground and here comes development services and they give you a bazillion red lines and then you do them all and then here come a whole another set of red lines and you do them all and here comes another set. Look, I'm not saying we're perfect but I am saying that there have been so many times where folks have come to me and to my city manager and said, hey, I have a question about this and I, I'm just not getting anywhere. Can you help me? My city manager understands the business philosophy unlike any other city manager I've ever worked with. And he goes in there and he says, we can work with you on this, we can help You do that. This is our issue. We'll take that away. This is something we need you to do. And we work together with the business to find a solution. Because at the end of the day, time is money. And we want that business out of the ground and operating because we want that sales tax. We want that revenue. We want that property tax. And more importantly, I want you making money as a business and I want you employing my citizens. And so the more businesses we have here, the better off we are. And that is the mentality that this city has. And it is under it is underspoken about, it is not talked about enough because everybody does some a measure of it, but this is the first place I've ever seen that does it in a whole comprehensive way to bring it and make sure that you are successful.
1: So if you're in business, small or large or medium, you are going to be in a position where the city actually is your partner to help you become successful, which okay. is wonderful news and something we want to see. I'm I'm so glad that you were able to join us today. And I'm so glad Maricopa is doing as well as it is and is still the exciting opportunity city that it that we thought about when you came to visit us last year. So thank you for your time. And let us know if there's any other opportunities you want us to know about, just email me or call me, okay?
2: Thank you, Liz, I appreciate it. Take care. You too, bye-bye.
0: I want to thank Mayor Price for taking time out of his busy day to join me. Remember to email me with your experiences as you try to access government programs during the coronavirus economic crisis. We serve GAD advocating for private property rights, the right to private contract, and your business. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.